This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 600-1645. Glenn Beck, the Blaze Radio Network. Right now, my buddy from the Washington Examiner, the guy who is, uh, I, I don't know if he's in the swamp that they're hoping to drain, but I think he has seen the plug that they want to pull to drain the swamp. Uh, Pete Kasparowitz is his name. Pete, Happy New Year to you, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Where are you going to move to? What country are you going to move to? You can't be talking about you can't be talking about dogs like that. You're going to be run out of the whole country. No, 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 no. I'm a dog People rescuer. I'm a dog rescuer, Pete. But I just have you to can't. question the sanity. You're putting a price on love, man. You're gone. You're done in this country. All right. Well, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Thanks, for your ha- last day. <laughs> Thanks for I the mean, happy my news. My mom's going to call you at least and say you're putting a price on love. It's. You're a horrible man, Michael Pelka. <laughs> well, this to me, this is like you know an over over medicated person. This dog's got to be a zombie. He's on antidepressant medicine. He's got antibiotics, allergy vaccines. All I that just, stuff. All that stuff is stuff you're saying. You better start looking at a country to live in. All right, I've already picked it out. <laughs> Where are is you? It? Are you familiar with the Free Republic of Liberland? <laughs> It is four square miles on the Danube River between Croatia and, and Yugoslavia. And I happen actually, to know the president. I have him on speed dial. Is that right? Well, yeah. that, then you have an in. You're going you're gonna to need I'm telling you, my mom's going to call you right now. It's, you're a horrible man, Mike Opelka. You've made a big mistake early in the year. I'm just questioning the sanity you here. Between, you got between a family's love, love for their dog and uh, it's just... There's no coming back from that. You're done. You're done. Everyone wow. give Michael Pelka a great big hand. He had a great run. <laughs> Don't you remember these stories, though, where people, like, you can't say a thing about a dog like that. People will flip out. You must be getting tweets endlessly right now. No. No, I, I'm, I'm not. Because I also said I would rather see that money spent on taking dogs out of shelters and training them to be service dogs for our veterans. Uh, it's the toughest thing an adult has to do. Is, and I became an adult, and probably all of us did, when you take your kids to the vet and you have to decide to end the life of your pet. It's horrible. May 11th you know, it, of it, this it, last year, I did that. It's horrible. May, May 11th, I had to say goodbye. But yeah, I also, it's so bad. Uh, and, and I also understand that somewhere between that, that heart and your brain, there has to be a reasonable discussion. Well, that's what I mean. That, and, and, and obviously, I'm just joking. You have to make these calls. It's the roughest thing. The, the vets, the vets are, are better at it now, I think, though. They, they kind of tell you, yeah, you know, I think everyone must ask the vet, if this were your pet, what would you do? And, oh, and they'll how did kind, you know? And they'll say, well, it's the only thing. I mean, how else do you know how to judge it? it it's, it's impossible. And you sort of hope the vet says the right thing. And, and a lot of times when the pet's in really bad shape, they'll just say, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't save this one. It's, the, it's so horrible. It's horrible. It's like um, it, it, you become a dad when you do that with a kid in the room, you know. 
that's when you really become an adult because someone has to take charge there and it has to be you. It's brutal. Uh, I'm just uh, now now we've totally bummed each other out and I can't I know, wait to hear always, from your mother. <laughs> we, we, we always do this to each other. I guess I do it to you all the time. Anyway, let's start over. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, time to drain the swamp. Have you seen the plug, though, Pete? Have you seen the plug in the swamp that, that Trump is going to tie a giant chain to and yank it out? God, if, if, I mean, if it were that easy, someone, well, maybe no one would have done it. But, um, I, I mean, he's, he's making, I think the plug are all, is all the guys he's bringing in, all the people he's bringing in to do it. It's, it's quite a bunch of people. And I was noting, you know, even as we sort of say goodbye to the Clintons, we're, we sort of said goodbye to a lot of the Republicans who might have come here, too. It's like anyone who is old news is basically out, you know, Gingrich not in and Giuliani not in and Chris Christie not in. You have all these guys who look like they're a bunch of sort of can-do business people, and, and it's the big question of the year. What will they do? You know, will they, will they cut spending? Will they end Obamacare? Will they deregulate everything? Will they have a new strategy for ISIS? I mean, all these possible things they could do. Um, you know, we don't really know, but we have a sense that, it, I mean, to me, it looks like it's shaping up to be very dramatic and very different and get ready for the press to howl about it. Well, it, it, it certainly looks like, judging from what Chuck Schumer has been saying, that uh, the Democrats have embraced the term that they coined for the Republicans years ago, the party of no, that they are going to make these confirmation hearings as difficult as possible, and they're going to really try and put the squeeze on uh, on the uh, incoming administration. And maybe I think only one of Trump's announced cabinet nominees uh, should get an easy pass. And I think that's Mattis. But the rest of them look like they're in for a, a really tough, tough run. Well, you know what, though? I, I disagree with that. And I think that's the line the Dems are trying to sell. And if you remember what Harry Reid did before he left is, he gave the minority no voice in the Senate. I mean, they can do little things on the edges and demand more hearing time and ask, all, you know, like it, it boils down to tough questions at a hearing, I think, because in the end, if Republicans agree, these guys are in. Yeah, That's, but it, it, they can't lose anybody, though. They have to keep, you know, you, if you lose three, then the Democrats could make it difficult, correct? Yeah, true. Of course. <clears throat> of course. Oh. But I, you know, but but let's see let's see where it goes. This is it, it's too hard to see around that corner. I think right now. I think I think most of these guys probably get through pretty easily, um, and and the Dems are doing the best they can to pretend that the Senate is a place where the minority matters, and it just doesn't matter anymore. Thanks to Harry Reid. I, I noticed when he started making his first cabinet picks, I I sort of laughed at that because. A lot of Democrats came out with press releases and said, I just can't support this nominee. And every time I saw that, I would laugh and say, remember when that mattered? You know, remember when you would need, you know, remember, remember when you had to get eight Democrats, you know, to, to, to get a nominee on board or eight, eight members of the minority? It just doesn't matter anymore. You know, like, go, go find the three Republicans saying no first, and then let's go. Then we can talk about a difficult uh, confirmation. But until then, I'm just sort of. I'm just kind of laughing at these press releases. We're talking to Pete Kasperowitz of the Washington Examiner. And, Pete, you're referring, of course, to the fact that Harry Reid took out the filibuster for uh, appointments and that, mm -hmm. that all this stuff goes through pretty much without any question. And I remember, Pete, in uh, I think it was 2009, I was in the Senate Progressive Press Conference that they had um, and somebody asked the question, somebody from Move On or Air America asked the question, what happens when you're not in power? Aren't you worried this is going to turn on you? 
And I remember Harry Reid chuckling as if we're never leaving. And here we are. <laughs> and it is coming, yeah, but, but he's gone. I guess, that's, I guess that was the conventional wisdom. People used to write stories even six months ago, writing stuff like, can Republicans ever win again? And um, is this the end? And, what, you know, and, and, and I, think, I think, you know, what Trump did was he broke that storyline of, of um, you know, the, immig- the, the sort of immigrant vote, hopefully the legal immigrant vote is going to just keep sending Democrats up to Washington. Um, and obviously that's not, at least not true this time. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I talk about seeing around corners. I don't think Democrats saw this coming. I think they just saw this, you know, they, they, and at least for this past election, they thought the Senate was pretty much in their hands again. So, um, yeah, they, you know, it, it just goes to show you play nice with others, right, all the time, and because you never know how the worm's going to turn on you. Yeah, it's, it was an amazing twist for me. And now, in looking, I'm looking at a story you wrote yesterday about uh, Sean Spicer and talking about the fact that uh, he was asked by John Carl, you know, will Trump keep tweeting? And he said, absolutely, he'll keep tweeting. And Pete, I felt when I was watching that interview with John Carl that Spicer, Spicer was telling the mainstream media, you can fight all you want for your, your jobs, but... This is the new fireside chat. Twitter is the new way the president will bypass the press and get out what he wants to get out. Did you feel the same thing? Yeah, and, and, and I, think, I think we can all see what's coming, right? This is, this is really the democratization of media now. Like, we don't need you guys. Um, and, you know, and Trump's team has also made another subtle point, which is, and in case and anyone who's ever watched a White House press briefing knows it to be true, that a lot of the press availability is pretty boring anyway. You know, you had, we've had Josh Ernest for the last few years just not really answering questions, but just kind of, you know, repeating the line, the line you know already. It's not really newsy. It's, it's, it's another day and maybe another slight variation of what they say, and you hope to make a news story. I, I have to edit this stuff. I know how hard it is. It's not all, it's not all needed, and it's, it's almost never new. So um, here we have a guy who I, I would have thought under Obama or Clinton the press would be really celebrating it, a direct line to the president, but now – the media is going to make it a problem. And I think this will be the story of the year. It'll be, it'll be Trump doing what he wants. It'll be him communicating how he wants. And the press sort of left on the sideline howling and screaming and saying, this isn't right. The, these issues are subtle. You're doing it wrong. And, and I don't know if anyone's going to care anymore. I just don't see, you know, and last night, a couple nights ago, did you watch that New Year's stuff? I, I don't watch this garbage, but Don Lemon got drunk or something. And oh, yeah. Uh, Andy, he got drunk, Andy, he got his ear pierced, and he actually proposed to Brooke Baldwin. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. And and then, no, and then, no, no one's talking about that, Pete. I'm the only one who posted. I posted it on my Twitter. I pulled the video. He proposed to Brooke Baldwin. She stayed silent. <laughs> oh, so that's that's a to-be-determined answer, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but, also, a, but also, Kathy Griffin is yelling and screaming, and, and, and the media still thinks we're all entertained by this. I mean, I think most people these days are kind of going to bed and not caring about these, these, uh, these uber celebrities that are up late. They're supposed to be shepherding us through every event, right? The new year and a terrorist attack and inauguration day, they'll be doing it. I, I don't think people need to filter anymore. I think people can just run out and do what they want. And they can, if they want to know what the president's doing, they'll be able, be able to read his tweets and you can get the stuff direct. So I think this is going to be the massive story of the next few years of watching the media sort of cope with that reality. Wow. It'll be fun to watch. And, and as two guys that are also part of the media, uh, I just think we got to keep pressing on and uh, pointing out all those problems because then people will come to us and say, well, what do you think is going to happen to the media next? 
Yeah, I well, well that, I guess we're, we'll be just we'll be reduced to covering ourselves and how we shrink and die, I suppose. But <laughs> no, it's not that bad. But you know, but in terms of that messaging thing, the media still has a job to do, and there's plenty of open spaces for it, which is to cover what happens. I mean, right now they're opining. You know, we're fact checking um, every tweet from Trump and every little statement, and you, you can't make an off-the-cuff statement in public without getting fact-checked. I mean, I think those are the functions of media that go away, but the functions that say, you know, that, that report to you what's going on, th- those are still needed. I don't think we ditch those, and hopefully they, they sort of come back and become, you know, the main course as it used to be. Well, I, I appreciate your perspective on it, Pete. Pete Kasparowitz from the Washington Examiner. Thank you, my friend. Uh, tell your, give Anytime, your mother my, my home phone number. She can call me and tell me I'm a despicable person as well. No, she's going she's gonna to call uh, the radio line. She'll be on in a few minutes, I'm sure. She'll, she'll muscle her way through. Fantastic. Her and Thank millions you. of others. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pete. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 